Welcome to the Playing Injured Podcast, where we have conversations to help people turn their adversity into their advantage. Welcome to another episode of Playing Injured. I'm sitting here with Quentin Williams. A lot of people call him Q, so I'll probably be calling you Q throughout the uh, throughout the interview. But uh, he's a performance and mindset coach and also the founder of World Class. Q, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. I'm really pumped to have this discussion and uh, just chop it up with you, man. Uh, without a doubt, without a doubt. So um, let's start, and this is how I always start. Um, what do you do today? And then how do you spend your time today? Um, what, what is Q doing these days? Right now, I'm a, I'm a business owner. I am building my business, scaling it right now, supporting former athletes, uh, men specifically, uh, predominantly. And I do that, um, you know, I mean, my, my life right now is growing that business, working in my business, and then also working on my business. So um, I'm constantly reaching out to, to folks, you know, former athletes and in different institutions to support their athletes or, or them themselves. And um, I offer one-on-one coaching. I offer group programming. I also offer um, in-person and online workshops for universities and teams. So uh, that's the full gambit. And, you know, my, my life is spent here in San Diego. You know, I try to get out as much as I can and enjoy this weather because it's beautiful. And that being said, I'm an entrepreneur. So I spend a lot of my time, you know, nose down into building this business. Right, right. So, you know, I know you're from Chicago, so you, you're spoiled by the weather now. Obviously, we can't get out right now. Um, but we'd love to hear more about, obviously, I know you you just um, dropped about the tools of, of managing anger. So kind of talk to folks about that, especially athletes. Um, like we were talking about, man, we can't hit anybody like we used to, man. I, I miss that. Uh, you can't necessarily do that in the corporate world, in the podcasting world. So we'd love for you for you to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, thank you for, for teeing that up. So I, I just released a free resource on my website that I've been promoting as just, just a free way to, you know, interact with the work that I do. And so that it's basically a five step and five sets of a five tool plan basically for addressing anger in the moment. And the reason why I talk about anger so much is because yes, as former athletes, we're used to, you know, especially as a football player like me. Um, and even a baseball player, I, I could go out and hit a million balls off the tee and take my anger out on that swing, you know, on that baseball. Right. Um, for you, maybe it was something in basketball. For me, I'm foot on the football field. I mean, I, I played, I played angry, and, and when I was angry, I was at my best. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> I think that that is that's one of the toughest things to get out of the the sports world and try to apply, you know myself in a way that's going to be effective. Like I think for me, and I see a lot of my clients struggle with this too. Like we're afraid of that anger. We're afraid of hurting somebody. We're afraid of, you know, freaking out or um, pissing somebody off. And in the corporate world or, you know, in relationships that doesn't, you know, we're afraid to, to let it out. And what I try to really support folks in doing is realizing that that anger it did support you in sport, 
but it can now be transmuted into passion, into purpose. You know, I think that, that, you know, there, there's just so much value and, 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 and meaning behind that anger that we can literally like just transmute that into a new purpose. Without a doubt. So I, that's what I really try to try to preach. Without a doubt. I, you know, Q, that's something I've struggled with um, going to the corporate world, right? How can I bring that competitive edge? But it's also some anger there, right? But mm-hmm. transferring that and, and being effective with it because it can get you, you can get in trouble with it as sometimes it did within the, the, the sports arena. You get uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. You, you get a personal foul, a technical foul, whatever the case may be. Um, get, can you give us a few, maybe one or two tools to give people a preview of um, what are some things they can do to kind of transfer um, that anger or, or that competitive nature effectively in, in their next chapter? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the biggest thing that that's been taught to me since I was young is, and sports taught me this, you know, is, um, in life, we, we can either react to things in our life, you know, like, you know, the same thing goes for like standards in the world. We can react to the court, you know, community standards and, you know, out, out external sort of standards and expectations, or we can respond. We, we can respond. We can take those that information in and we can come up with our own response, right? And what lives between a reaction and a response when it comes to anger, when it comes to life, is a pause. Mm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys, especially, I ask this a lot, like, how long can you sit in an uncomfortable pause? Yeah. Like even right now, you and I just kind of want to fill the fill the space up. You know, it's just natural, right? Right. But can't can we allow ourselves to pause and feel a little uncomfortable so that we can come up with a proper response instead of just reacting with anger, right? In you know, in an outburst sort of fashion. I think that when we pause, we can understand where the anger is coming from by slowing down and then slowing down a little bit more and saying, Oh, I'm angry because I wish it was this way, or I'm used to experiencing, you know, you know, folders being in this place, right, in, right. in the dashboard, right at work, or I'm used to, you know, there being rules and a playbook for everything. And right now, what I'm really feeling is I'm feeling angry, but I think what's really underneath that is I'm actually feeling like disorganized. And I'm feeling like a little bit afraid of that disorganization and what that could lead to, and you know, like. Does that make sense? Like I'm, I'm angry because, you know, it looks out of sorts, but what I'm really, what I'm really feeling is that actually like that fear, like I'm afraid that this is all going to run amok because we're not taking these like disciplined and focused, organized approaches to things that I'm used to. Right. 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 So taking that moment to, to really think about the core, uh, you know, even, even if you go into a game and you're nervous or you're scared or whatever the case may be interview, taking that moment to yourself uh, and really understanding the core of the emotion. I love that. I love that. I love that. So let's get into your story, right? Obviously um, you, you are a former division one football player, baseball player. Uh, Talk about kind of your journey through sports. How did that start for you? Um, And then, you know, playing injured and and going through a few things. Yeah. Thanks Josh for the opportunity. I mean, um, my story, you know, I, I played football and baseball since I was young. It was just always part of me being active. And I learned I was good at throwing a baseball and I was bigger than other kids. So I took on baseball and football. Yeah. Uh, it was just natural. It was what I was naturally gifted at. 
And I, I grew to really love the sports, you know. Um, I, um, I played at Northwestern, obviously. I played baseball and football there. And when I transitioned out of sport, I started to, you know, I, I had this passion. I had this, like, hunger to do big things. And um, I was faced with a lot of adversity. Like, I, I, want, I for one, started to experience uh, post-concussion syndrome. Yep. Uh, from a concussion I had back in 2012, my senior year, but I never got diagnosed. And so it, it kind of came up and bit me a, a year later with these delayed symptoms because I hadn't addressed it in the moment. And so um, I started experiencing anxiety, a, a lot of increased pain in my back and my neck. And I started just uncover some things about my health that, that I really wanted to start taking care of, um, including my mental health, you know, like right. being able to have an outlet for anger, you know, being able to have an outlet for my moodiness, you know? Um, so I, I started getting to work, um, on my own health while also thinking to myself, how can I support other athletes that are going through the same thing? Right. That are afraid of like the long-term brain damage of concussion, you know, like the CTE phrase, right? Um, how can I support people in not going down that spiral where I see a lot of guys, you know, taking their lives after sport, Right. Um, and blaming, you know, we, we tend to put a label on that as CTE and, and a lot of those guys have had CTE, but I'm, a, I've, as I've traversed this whole world, I've realized that there's so much more that we can control in our life that, and that a lot of athletes really do struggle after sport with figuring out, you know, what their plan is and what their level of success looks like, what their measuring stick looks like, what their identity is. And I struggle with that too. So I was, I was living it and building it at the same time. And I started finding some things that really worked for me. And that has led me to, to build the business that I have today. Um, but it's funny, like it started as like, I wanted to support, I wanted to like oust the concussion problem. And then it just evolved into this more emotional intelligence, leadership based thing where I'm like, you know, if you, if you're following your dreams, following your passions and you're, you're able to, to manage your emotions in life, um, there's nothing that can really stop you. There's no disease. There's no potential brain damage. There's no, there's nothing externally that can really, you know, bring you down. So, um, I, I just come back to like the brain software, you know, we, yeah. we can worry about the brain hardware, but I really try to focus on the brain software. And yeah, yeah. I mean, like to your question, like about playing injured, like, I mean, I did that when I was playing. I had, I spent a whole year with a with a, some sort some form of cast on my left wrist my senior year because uh, I I broke my wrist twice. So I I had experience with like playing playing injured and like pushing through pain. Um, I mean I've had a high pain tolerance since I was a kid just because I've I've been through it all. I've endured it, and you know you you build that up right. Right. Um, and I think that when I started going to doctors um, after sport, you know. And, and I was telling them my symptoms and um, telling them what I was going through. And, and then they tested me. They said, wow, you, you're explaining your symptoms way less than they're actually showing up on these statistics. Like you've been fighting this off for a long time. You've been compensating. Your brain has been finding ways um, to compensate that um, are unnatural. You know, you've been really working hard. How long and, did you fight that off? What's how that? Long, how long did you fight that off? I mean, in, in a lot of ways, I'm still working through it. Like I, yeah. I've been, I've been dealing with post-concussion syndrome since, you know, seven years ago, I think. Yeah. About seven years ago when I was 23. And I, I mean, 
you know, especially in the corporate world, it was really tough for me to really stay focused on the task at hand. People would come up to me and distract me and that would, that would cause all sort of anxiety and uh, frustration. And yeah, my level of focus, um, my, my pain in my neck and my back, like that was all flared up due to this like post-concussion syndrome stuff. And yeah, it's, it's, it's still like, I still have some symptoms, but like I've found that when I'm going after my dreams, I'm going after my mission, I'm pursuing who I want to be, you know, I have a vision out in front of me that's enticing and exciting and inviting then I feel so much better. Without a doubt. So much I want to unpack there. So first off, you talk about um, the the brain software, right? Talk a little bit more about that. And, and how, how can you explain that to people, the brain software, right? Uh, I, I don't know if everybody has heard that. I, I have, but would love for you to explain it and how um, you've kind of incorporated that and executed on that. Um, yeah, this is actually that. something... Yeah. I actually just heard Michael Gervais talking about this. He's a world-renowned sports psychologist. Um, He's the, he's the guy that uh, works with Pete Carroll and the Seahawks Mm -hmm. um, as well as a lot of other uh, big teams. And um, he was talking about, you know, what's the difference between the brain and the mind. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that, that's how I look at it. Like the brain itself is, you know, it's, a few pounds of this hard sub- substance that is like jello, right? That, um, that, that yes, has neurons that fire, um, but it's, it's essentially a muscle. It's what it is. It's, it's a part of our body. It's, it has um, all these neurons. It has all this, it's, 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 a, it's a muscle. Um, and the, the software piece of that is kind of like, you know, your heart, it's, it's kind of like your hard drive and, and like your, uh, your operating system. What, what is your operating system? What are the apps in your computer? What are the, What's the data that you're putting into your mind? What is, what are you, this is the stuff that you can really control. So you can control your brain hardware, which is, you know, feeding your your body all the best, you know, nutrients, making sure you're getting all the good uh, amino acids, right? Uh, The the fatty omega-3s to support your brain health. Um, And I have a whole presentation on like what you can do to support your brain health, Um, science-backed stuff. But you know, the brain software is where I spend 80% of my time is because yeah. like, that's the mindset. That is the thoughts that I'm, I'm thinking because we have control over those. That's the, the actions that I'm taking because we have control over those. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just my operating system. Right. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that you mentioned, CTE, right? CTE, but also people finding their purpose in life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, a lot of times we do blame it on CTE and yes, it is some science of that, but a lot of athletes or a lot of people in general, uh, they get into a position um, where they want to blame it on something else when it's really, Hey, can they find um, their values in life and really align those with what they want to do, their actions. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you seen in kind of working with athletes kind of understand like, Hey, some people do struggle with some health issues, but also some people just struggle with kind of struggling through an identity crisis or or struggling how they want to live their life. Um, What have you seen through that? Well, you know, this, this goes into actually taking this a layer deeper. Like um, I talk about the, we talk about the mind body connection, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like as if they're two separate things, you know, even when I talk about brain hardware and software, like, they live in the same container, just like your computer, you know? Right. So th- if we, we imagine them as separate, we're doing ourselves a huge disservice. 
they are connected. They are the same thing. Um, so when it comes to addressing, you know, the mental side of things, like um, it, it really, to go back to your question, like it, it comes back to like realizing that your body does have an impact. Like right. your your body and mind are connected. Right. I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. I love that so much. So tell me this. How did you and and I've seen something where you say, hey, you realize what you were standing for instead of just uh just living life, right? Mm-hmm. After after your your years of sports, you had kind of this corporate career where you were successful, but you still were kind of struggling in a way. Talk about how you got through that personally uh, yourself. Yeah, I mean, um, personally, like struggling, I think the biggest thing is following our true identity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the hardest things is coming out of sport. We're used to there being a playbook. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us, you know, we, a lot, a lot of guys and, and girls follow, you know, a sales role, right? We've talked about this, like go, go into sales because that's what's expected. That's what athletes are good at. You know, you're communicable, you're competitive, you're driven, right? Um, you're entrepreneurial in spirit. Um, and that's all true, right? Like we're like athletes can definitely succeed in that if they care about it, yeah. you know? And I, I went into sales. And I, I did that for a total of seven years, basically account, account management and sales. And, you know, it, it really came down to like, I could sell something if I actually believed in it, like if I actually trusted in it. And I really wanted people to experience it. I thought it would, I knew it would grow their business. You know, uh, that's one of the toughest things is like when I, when I really checked in with myself, when I looked in the mirror, it was, it was hard for me to really sell it because I didn't care as much as I, I wish I, I did. So yes, you can sell, but, um, but I, I think that there's, there's way more to an athlete than just selling skills and people skills and being competitive. Um, there's discipline. I, I think the, the world of entrepreneurship, like, like you and like me, right? Like there's so much potential there because there's, um, I, I think that one of the pitfalls of entrepreneurship with former athletes is not having a mentor, not having some sort of playbook or structure or like yeah. I see, you know, Kobe Bryant up there or I see Michael Jordan do this. Like I can go emulate them. That's hard to find in entrepreneurship world. It's it's less accessible, you know, in a corporate structure, you have much more of a, you know, you're, you're usually paired up with a mentor. You have a manager, you have hierarchy, you have a CEO to look up to and you're, you're, you're matching their movements. There, there's literally a playbook for it. You know, right. you usually get handed a employee handbook, right? When you walk in. But when it comes to entrepreneurship, you're making your own playbook. You're making your own. And you're coming up with something that's true to you that hasn't been seen before. And that's really scary. You know, not not a lot of athletes have been in that experience where they're coming out with something that no one's ever seen before. Right. Um, Unless you're making a big play that, you know, like some big dunk or some big catch, right? Like getting creative. Um, It's not very... um, normal for an athlete to kind of get in that really uncomfortable, Oh, look at me. I'm making myself vulnerable and risking, you know, looking bad. That is, is what I think a lot of athletes struggle with. That's what I struggled with for a long time is like this fear of looking bad. Right. Right. And that's, you know, that, that's what it is looking bad um, and kind of taking the path 
that's different from everybody else, mm-hmm. especially in sports when you're used to being a part of a tribe. I think everybody has some type of tribe that they're a part of. Uh, so we all kind of follow the follower in a way. And we find ourselves um, at this, this journey where we're doing things that we don't necessarily want to do. Um, and it's not taking us where we want to go. Now, I can understand if we were doing things that we didn't want to do, but it was taking us to a path where we actually wanted to go, uh, maybe like working out or something like that, right? Yes, yeah. valued, valued, yes. Right, right. That's worth it, right? And I think a lot of us do that. We just follow other people, other peers that don't know um, more than we do. So finding mentors, finding people in their life uh, that are where they want to be, uh, that's so important. That's mm-hmm. so important. So with, with your programs and your, your one-on-one coaching, and I want to just plug you, um, you ignite the athlete, right? The, the, you ignite that fire. Um, and I really love the work that you do, you know, looking through your Instagram and, and kind of looking at your LinkedIn and websites. Um, talk, talk a little bit about kind of results that you've gotten and how you've helped people uh, and what your mission has been uh, with your program, with Ignite. Um, I kind of want to give you some credit and I want to give you an opportunity to kind of share that. Thank you so much. Yeah. So my programs have uh, have led to some statistical benefits. It's been really incredible. You know, um, results that folks can expect are um, reported in surveys has been a 50 percent increase in their level of confidence at work and in life, a 50 percent increase in their sense of identity like as a man and like who they are. Um, a 50% increase in, um, in um, sorry, I'm, I'm actually forgetting my last stat, but, but there's also a 90% increase, almost 100% increase in this ability to feel like they're loved, like they're lovable and they're worthy wow. of being loved. Wow. And I think as, as former athletes, we're usually tied to results as like making us feel worthy, making us feel like we're enough and we're doing good, you know? Um, and without those results anymore, we can often feel like we're, we're not, you know, if we don't have anything to strive for or achieve for, um, we, we can be left a little bit empty. So that, so for me to be able to support guys and, you know, that last, that really sticks for me, confidence and identity is all great. But I think what it really leads to is giving people their heart back, you know, giving people a sense of fulfillment within themselves, like knowing that they have an identity, knowing that, that they have confidence, knowing that they know who they are, that allows them to feel like they're lovable and they're worthy of love. They're worthy of a relationship because that's really what life is about. You know, Mm -hmm. it's really about making connection and feeling like we have value in the world. So um, that's my favorite stat. I don't talk about it very often because, you know, not a lot of guys really get that, you know, but a hundred percent. It's very vulnerable, right? It's very vulnerable for, for young men and and men growing up playing sports. Um, But we, we got that. Um, you know, that camaraderie, that locker room feeling. Um, and then when we leave, uh, we don't necessarily get that at that same connection. Um, and so that's why people say this is the best time of your life. Uh, yeah. But really, you know, just continuing to build relationships and experiences uh, can, can lead you to to really feeling fulfilled. Um, so, mm-hmm. so I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So where can people first off, where can people find you? learn a little bit more about you. Um, obviously, I, like I said, I've plugged your Instagram. You do a lot of different uh, live you know, podcasts on there um, and different things like that. But but where can people uh, learn a little bit more about you? Yeah. Um, 
My my Instagram is Q Williams uh, double underscore at the end there. So Q Williams double underscore. Um, that's where I host a lot of my my free resources. You know, you can get uh, just like like you mentioned all those IG lives, all those conversations, all the free resources that I put out uh, just to, to to support people. Um, aside from that, I do have a free resource on my website and on my Instagram that you can download. It's that that five tools for. Um, for addressing anger in the moment. Yeah. Really powerful resource. So download that for free. And, um, my website also, you know, outlines everything that I do in a little bit more detail. So everything from one-on-one coaching to group programs, um, ignite comes up, uh, March 23rd. We have a, a third class starting up in March and, um, definitely I always host calls for, for former athletes and guys that are looking to, you know, up level. So if you want to book a 30 minute call with me, um, do it, you know, go to my website, book that free call and we'll have a conversation. I love that. And then you did, you did, I, I saw you do some things on clubhouse, some pretty cool things you had. Ray Allen got an opportunity yeah. with Ray Allen. How was that? Before we Man, clubhouse on. has been a great way just to, just to, you know, just to practice, just to be out there and, and be a voice for people to provide coaching and support and resources. And we've had some incredible people join us on, on the journey of having incredible, you know, co-hosts and co-moderators um, around the the ex athlete space, but we've also had folks like Ray Allen. Yeah, yes, that's it. <laughs> um, he's been on um, two or three times in a row now as a as a co facilitator, and he's been just dropping knowledge bombs on what it's been like for him to trans transition into life after sport because because he's retired obviously, and you know his perspective has been so valuable. We had JJ Watt on last week. We've had Darren Ravel provide his insight. Uh, he's a huge business and sports business uh, analyst. And I mean, we're really blessed. So we, we have that call every Thursday uh, at 430 Pacific for about two hours. So jump in and, and join us on Clubhouse. That's also um, some I sometimes link that in my bio. So um, I'll try to get that in there so you can also access that. And yeah, come join the conversation and uh, raise your hand and ask Ray out a question. You're right. <laughs> That's so amazing, man. That's so great. Well, all right, Q, I appreciate you sharing value, uh, sharing your story. Um, and, and I'm excited to see what you continue to do because uh, I think you're doing great work. Obviously, it's home for me uh, and, and a lot of uh, our audience. So I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Thanks for spreading the message of resilience, Josh. You're doing incredible work and really honored to be a part of this and, and support you as well. I appreciate it, man. Our brand design and strategy is by Tessa at fivefootstudios.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at fivefootstudios. Our music is by Lakey Inspired. Go ahead and subscribe so that you never miss an episode and click the five stars to give us a rating. And most importantly, keep playing injured.